I'm super excited for tonight. As I said, I'm going to try to keep it really short. Um, but we're going to get into the Word. I, I love this theme that we have over 2022 as a church that is from our senior pastors' hearts, Mark and Lee, which is Pursuit. And uh, I, I think this is such an incredible theme. I think even just the staple verse for this theme, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all else will be added unto us, is such a powerful verse. Um, I, I think that if there's one thing that we can do this year that is going to set up our year for a win, that is to seek God first with everything that we have. And um, I, I looked into the definition of pursuit. I found it on Google, as any good person would. Um, and it says this, it's to chase after something or to continually focus on something. I, I love this word pursue. And the truth is in life, is there's so many different things in which we can pursue. Uh, at the moment, uh, if you have Instagram or Facebook, it seems like a lot of people uh, are pursuing the rat tests. Um, you've probably seen a lot of posts about, hey, where do I get these? What nearest pharmacy has these in stock? Um, I don't know about you, but every 10 or so stories, I've seen this pop up uh, on my Instagram feed. Um, but the truth is, in life, we can pursue quite a lot of things. And uh, before I talk about some of these things in which we can pursue, I think that in Australian culture, one of the greatest pursuits we ever see is when a magpie swoops a human being. <laughs> it's a crazy pursuit. Now, if you know me, um, in my top three fears, I'm scared of birds. I'm so scared of birds. Um, I'm scared of all types of birds. They can be friendly birds. They can be butcher birds. They can be seagulls. I'm just so scared. If one flies within like five to 10 meters of me, I'm going to duck every time. Like, and uh, there's one bird that I don't like that I've had some bad experiences with, and that is called the, the magpie. And uh, these things, especially around September, they get really vicious and they get very scary. Um, not only do they have the height advantage over us, but they have razor sharp beaks and they're not afraid to bury it into the back of our head. Um, but if you know the pursuit of a magpie is that it doesn't just swoop once, but it comes back again and again and again. And you can be, you know, 500 meters from the nest of the magpie and they're just going to continue to swoop you to intimidate you. This is why I don't like birds. Is there anyone else that's scared of birds? Yes, we got two people. Amazing. I'm not on my own. Um, there's so many things that we can pursue in life. A couple of things that we can pursue is career, is study, is money, is materialism, is love, is peace, is happiness, are hobbies, others, fame, holiday success, the opinion of other people. There's so many things in life that we can pursue. I've only listed a few there, but if there's one thing that I have learned uh, in my, you know, walk of life is that the ultimate pursuit that we need to have as Christians is the pursuit of Christ, is the pursuit of Jesus. And I think that there's no uh, pursuit that is above this pursuit or there's nothing else that deserves first place except for Jesus in our lives. And before we get into tonight, I just want to ask us a question. And if you're taking notes, you can write your answer to this question. And it's this, is Jesus your ultimate pursuit right now? Is Jesus your ultimate pursuit right now? 
And uh, I think that this is quite a convicting question for all of us to kind of ponder upon as we enter 2022. And I've titled my message tonight, Jesus, the Ultimate Pursuit. Jesus, the ultimate pursuit. And there's so many things that I could have preached on pursuing in the Christian life, but I think that without the pursuit of Jesus, these things don't really add up in comparison. And uh, we're going to go through a story in Mark chapter 5 tonight, a story that records one of the most incredible and relentless pursuits for Jesus that we see in the Bible. And I pray that we can apply some of the same attitude, faith, and expectancy in our own lives this year. Now, a bit of context before we jump into Mark chapter 5 is that Mark is a gospel that is written to display the signs, miracles, and wonders that Jesus did. Uh, If you read the book of Mark, it is just filled with these awesome stories of faith, these awesome stories of uh, impossibility becoming possible when someone meets Jesus. And uh, we pick up the story when uh, Jesus is asked by a synagogue leader, Jairus, to come heal his daughter. And Jesus is almost on transit uh, to go heal Jairus' daughter. Jairus is there with him, and uh, he is stopped by this woman with the issue of blood. And uh, you may have heard this story before. Maybe you grew up and you heard it in Sunday school. I pray that God would just, you know, uh, uh, refresh some things about this story in your life when it comes to this year. Um, We find this story in three out of the four Gospels, in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. It's quite a crucial story. It's one that, you know, a lot of writers, uh, well, three out of the four didn't miss out on. And um, we, we pick up this passage where Jesus is asserting His authority over a bunch of different things. At the end of Mark chapter 4, we find that story where Jesus calms the wind and the waves. In that story, He's asserting His authority over the earth. Uh, in, in Mark chapter 5, the, the start of that, we see this man that was possessed be set free um, from Jesus. And in this passage, we see him asserting his authority over the kingdom of darkness. And then right here at the end of Mark chapter 5, we see Jesus asserting his authority over sickness and death. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I serve a Jesus that has authority over this earth that has authority over the kingdom of darkness and has authority over sickness and death. That is worth praising Him for. I think it's so phenomenal. And uh, we're going to read it in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. And if you have your Bibles, I'm reading from uh, the NIV. And it says this, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized the power, uh, that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see uh, who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering." 
Tonight, this is where we're going to spend all of our time and we're going to kind of go through verse by verse and pick out a couple of things that we can take that are going to encourage us in our pursuit for Jesus this year. So we're going to read it again. It says this, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, there's a bit of context behind this that we need to understand for us to realize the power of this story. That, that her condition, we find in Leviticus, would have uh, meant that she couldn't, uh, she, she was declared ceremonially unclean, which means this, that she couldn't enter the temple and, in that time and worship God. That the Jews would literally uh, say, you know what, you're ceremonially unclean. We don't want anything unclean coming into this temple, so you can't come into this temple. We find that this lady is spiritually isolated. Uh, not only that, we find that in Leviticus as well, that if someone uh, was unclean with this condition and they touched someone else, that that person would make that other person unclean as well. So we find here in this story that not only is she spiritually isolated, but she's socially isolated from a lot of people because people don't want to spend time with her because they don't want to touch her and get unclean as well because that would mean that they can't go to the temple as well. Can you just imagine what this lady would have been feeling at this time. Can you just put yourself in her shoes for a second? It's not like she dealt with spiritual and social isolation for 14 days. It's not like she was isolated for seven days like a lot of people are at the moment with COVID. She was isolated for 12 years. 12 years of spiritual and social isolation. Like, if we're just to put that in today's day and age, that would be spiritual and social isolation since 2010. If we're just to put that into perspective for a second, in 2010, I'm pretty sure I was in grade five in primary school. That was a long time ago. A very long time ago. And, and I, I just find uh, that it's so important that we put ourselves in the shoes of this lady in this story. So many times we can read, oh yeah, 12 years, that's not too long. That's a very long time. But we read on in verse 26, and that isn't all she's suffering with. It says, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. She spent all that she had. So not only is she spiritually isolated, she's socially isolated because of her condition. Her condition as well has made her broke. It literally said that she spent all she had on, on uh, doctors and trying to get better, she, that she was so desperate to get better in her life. And not only that, but we find that she's not just plateauing in her condition, but she's actually getting worse as the days go on. Man, what a, what a crazy place to be in. And uh, you could only imagine that finances and, and her, her social environment and stuff wasn't the only thing that she'd lost. But you could imagine at this point, after 12 years, that she lost faith, that she had lost hope, that she had lost the internal drive of maybe getting better or seeking uh, uh, an answer from another doctor. You could just imagine that this was taking place. But it's crazy the amount of desperation that she had. Because, you know, when Jesus came around, she had every single excuse in the book to not go and seek Jesus. She had every single excuse in the book to not go and pursue Jesus. But instead, we find the opposite. Why? Because she was in a place of desperation. 
She was in a place. It is crazy the amount of faith and the amount of hope that desperation produces. And I want to encourage us with this church, if we're going to pursue Jesus, if He is going to be our ultimate pursuit this year, we need to get in a place of desperation. It's not that Jesus would just be a good addition to our life. It's not that Jesus is just added to everything that we do, but it's that we need Jesus in 2022. Can I tell you that individually, you need Jesus this year. Individually, I need Jesus this year. As a church, we need Jesus this year. We're in a place of desperation. And I believe that as we realise the need for Jesus, just like this woman did, it produces faith and hope within the inside of us to see the impossible take place. To believe Jesus for things that we may not have believed for previously. Would we get in a place of desperation? What I love about this woman is that she didn't let her past hinder her pursuit. She didn't let the past 12 years hinder her pursuit in that moment of when Jesus was going by. And uh, I think that we can gain some encouragement from this that, you know, no matter what disappointments, no matter where you find yourself, if you're struggling or suffering, don't let your past hinder your pursuit for 2022. And not only that, she didn't let her experience hinder her expectation. She didn't let her experience hinder her, she, she literally, uh, she was like, you know what, my experience isn't going to define me. My experience isn't going to hold me back, but it's going to motivate me to seek Jesus even more. And I love that. Could you imagine if every single day in 2022, we were just to get expectant, expectant for God to move in our life? Can I encourage you with that, that, that when you come into this place for prayer, maybe you've been prayed for a hundred times, don't let your experience hinder your expectation in that moment, but would you believe for God to pour out something over your life? Maybe, you know, you've been picking up the Word of God and you feel like it's not really speaking to you at the moment. Can I encourage you, don't let your experience hinder your expectation, but the next time you open the Word of God, say, God, hey, would you speak to me in this moment? Even on Sunday, you know, maybe if, if you felt like God didn't speak to you, you know, the Sunday just gone, don't let your experience hinder your expectation. But every single Sunday, would we walk into this place and say, you know what, God, I'm so expectant for you to move in my life. I'm expectant for you to move in my life. And um, I, I believe that as a church, as individuals, God is calling us to new heights this year. He's calling us to new depths in our relationship with Him this year. But my prayer is that we wouldn't just press copy and paste on 2021 into 2022. Because the truth is, yes, God wants to take us to new heights and yes, He wants to take us to new depths, but He can't do that with old patterns and old behaviours and old disciplines. And I felt just as I was preparing this that we need to get something new in our life. If you want something to change, if you want to break a cycle off your life, would you be someone that says, you know what, I'm not going to keep my old patterns or my old disciplines, but I'm going to get some new patterns and some new disciplines so I can go to new places. I love that this woman didn't just press copy and paste on, on the old ways she was trying to seek help, but she, uh, she, she thought of something new. She was like, what about Jesus? And she ran to Him and that's when she found her healing. In verse 27, we read on, and it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. I'm going to read that again. Because she thought, if I just 
touch his clothes, I will be healed. I, I love this scripture. It's, it's like one of those that you create uh, a lock screen with on your phone or one that you have a fridge magnet off. It, it, it is one of these staple verses that, you know, just explains so much about this woman's pursuit for Jesus. The first thing we have to analyze here is that she pushed through the crowd. She was banking on Jesus to heal her because she knew that everyone that she came in contact with in that crowd would have been declared ceremonially unclean if she wasn't healed. She literally was brushing past people. You can just imagine the scene where she's brushing past all these people, hoping that no one's going to identify her before she gets to Jesus. Otherwise, they probably would have stopped her in her pursuit. That she was banking on, as soon as she stepped out of her house and started to pursue Jesus, she banked on Jesus. She was like, you know what, I, I'm going to believe that Jesus is going to come through. But I love what she says. She says, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. In other words, if I can just get to Jesus, this will happen. What an amazing statement of faith that says, you know what, if I can just get to Jesus, my prayer this year is that every single person in this room would start saying, if I can just get to Jesus this year, no matter where you are in your career, no matter what you're doing with study, no matter where you find yourself, if you can just get to Jesus this year, there's amazing things on the other side. And I love that she, she backs that up with not, I, I could be healed or, you know, I might be healed, but I will be healed. What a statement of faith. What a statement of faith. I wonder what your statement of faith is this year that says this, if I can just get to Jesus, I will be healed. If I can just get to Jesus, I will be restored. If I can just get to Jesus, that family member will come to know Him. If I can just get to Jesus, I will receive that financial breakthrough. If I can just, I wonder what your faith statement is this year. What is your faith statement? Because hers is, if I can just get to Jesus, I will be healed. I love that faith statement. Could we go into 2022 with a couple of faith statements? For me, you know, they're statements like, if I can just get to Jesus, I'm praying over salvation over both my parents. If I can just get to Jesus, I will see restoration in my mum's life. If I can just get to Jesus, if we can just get to Jesus this year. I love, we read on, it says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you asked, who touched me? I, I love the dialogue between Jesus and his disciples. Not only in this story, but in many stories, we find the disciples confused at what Jesus is saying and doing until he actually does it. And this is one of those uh, scenarios here uh, in Mark chapter 5. And I, I love this because Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? And what this highlights to me is this, is there is a difference between bumping into Jesus and reaching out to Him in faith. Because He was surrounded by a crowd. He was surrounded by so many people, yet He stopped and He said, who touched me? Who touched me? Church, can I encourage us that this year there's a difference between just bumping into Jesus on a Sunday than touching Him in faith in your life. There's a difference there's a difference and you're probably like, Liam, what is that difference? And there's a couple of differences that I'm just going to use as examples tonight. 
The first is this, that bumping into Jesus looks like just coming to church, but reaching out to Him in faith looks like spending time with Him daily. Would we, would we reach out to Him in faith? Bumping into Jesus looks like being in faith-filled environments, but reaching out is reaching out for, you, uh, for Him yourself. Bumping into Jesus is just reading the Word when it comes on a screen on a Sunday, but reaching out to faith for Jesus is reaching out to Him and His Word daily. Bumping into Jesus is waiting for someone to ask you if you need prayer, but reaching out to Him is reaching out to Jesus for yourself. There's just a couple examples of what it looks like to bump into Jesus versus reaching out in faith. Would we be a church community? City Point Church, would we be known this year for reaching out in faith to Jesus? Because there's a difference. We read on, it says this, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then a woman, knowing what she had done, uh, uh, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at His feet, trembling with fear, told Him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Why did Jesus stop? It's a question that we ask so many times when we read this passage, the reason why Jesus stopped is because if He didn't, she would have just thought that the cloak healed her, but she needed to know that Jesus was the one that healed her. <laughs> the power wasn't just in the cloak, the power was in Jesus and power left Him, not the cloak. And He, he stops because He wants her to realise this. But what does this tell me? I, I love this last verse, verse 34, it says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This tells me this, that when you pursue Jesus, it should leave you never the same. When you pursue Jesus, church, can I tell you that it should leave you changed. It should leave you transformed. It should leave you a different person on the other side of touching Jesus. Can I tell you in my own life, I remember that first time I reached out in faith and I just touched Jesus, I met Jesus. It changed me forever. It's not like I was the same person on the other side, but I was never the same. I was free. And that same freedom is on offer for you tonight as well. That, you know, I want to declare that as we pursue Jesus this year, we will see freedom in our lives. Freedom from sin, freedom from shame, freedom from our guilt, freedom from our past. Just look at what, happened to Paul in Acts chapter 9. That this guy literally used to persecute and kill Christians and he's on the road to persecute some more Christians. But then Jesus rocks up and in one encounter and one touch, He changes His entire life. That it should leave you never the same. And maybe for you, if you're being honest, Jesus isn't your ultimate pursuit at the moment. You're pursuing other things. Maybe it's career, Maybe it's even those around you. Maybe it's a relationship. Tonight, you can make a decision to pursue Jesus once again. Make Him your ultimate pursuit. Maybe for you, you you've ne never knew Jesus. You came in tonight and it's your first time. Welcome. Can I tell you that a decision to follow Jesus and pursue Jesus is the greatest decision that you could ever make in your entire life? Or maybe you're in this place and once you pursued Jesus, but... After a little while, you started to pursue other things and you want to make a recommitment tonight to say, you know what, I want to follow Jesus once again. There's an opportunity for you as well. So with every head bowed and eyes closed in this place,
If, if that is you, if you want to make Jesus your ultimate pursuit, maybe like I said, you've never known Jesus, you've never come into relationship with Him, or maybe you have, and along the way you made something else your pursuit and you want to recommit your life tonight. On the count of three, I'd love you to lift your hand and I'm not going to put a spotlight on you. I'm not going to shame you, but I want to pray with you because as I said, this is the greatest decision that you could ever make in your entire life. It is the greatest decision. It changed my life. It changed a lot of people's in this building tonight's life. It, it changed many people's lives in the Bible and it can change your life tonight. So on the count of three, if you want to make Jesus your ultimate pursuit, if you want to follow Him, if you want to make a decision to say, you know what? I want to enter in relationship with Him. I want Him to change my life as well. I'd love you to lift your hand and I'm going to acknowledge you and pray with you and pray over you. So on the count of three, one, He loves you so much. Two, there's no greater pursuit. There's nothing else that will give you the freedom that Jesus does. And three, if that's you in this place, I see that hand, that's awesome. Is there anyone else? As I look left to right, I see that hand as well. I see that hand in the middle. Is there anyone else? I see that hand as well at the back. It's amazing. Is there anyone else? I'm gonna wait four more seconds. As I look one more time from the right to the left, from the front to the back. Amazing. God, we thank You so much for these decisions. We thank You so much for these people that have raised their hand in faith and said, Jesus, I wanna follow You. Lord, I pray that, that You would give them the newness of life, that You would give them a transformed life, that as they seek You, that they would find freedom in their life and that their past, that those things that were hindering them, their shame, their guilt would be gone. And they would look towards the new life in which you want to give them. Lord, we thank you that more than just a decision tonight, these people would follow you, not just tonight, but every day of their life. And we declare that over them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And Amen. Well, hey, can we celebrate those decisions? Amazing.